0: If you could go to the African American History Museum and kind of reckon with those visuals of what it meant to be an enslaved people and to persevere past it, despite all of the ostracization that happened during Reconstruction, during the Civil Rights era, and then it gets turned, you get credit in the mix and you can't have access to credit but then black families are doing a little too well so sprinkle this little drug yeah it's like lifting up the rug and it's like oh there's some dirt under there all right march 1st let's put that rug down i'm glad that it exists but i wish it was every month i wish we took that sort of observation of our history in our everyday.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, and anyone else who is here, my name is Dom Lamour, and you are listening to the Black Man Talking Emotions podcast. On today's episode, we speak to John Butts, aka J Boogie, about Black History Month. The true significance of slavery in the United States to the whole social development of America, lay in the ultimate relation of slaves to democracy. What were to be the limits of democratic control in the United States? If all labor, black, as well as white became free, were given schools and the right to vote, what control could or should be set to the power and action of these laborers? Was the rule of the mass of Americans to be unlimited and the right to rule extended to all men, regardless of race and color, or if not, what power or dictatorship and control and how would property and privilege be protected? This was the great and primary question which was in the minds of the men who wrote the Constitution of the United States and continued in the minds of thinkers down through the slavery controversy. It still remains with the world as the problem of democracy expands and touches all races and nations. W.E.B. Du Bois, a hero, an activist, one of the most important minds of the early 1900s. Highly recommend his book, Souls of Black Folks. He was one of the founding members of the NAACP. He has so many different accomplishments. He's worth your time today, folks. If you're looking to broaden your horizons on African-American heroes, check out W.E.B. Du Bois. For me, I think it's one of the most important things that we can do in this country to preserve our history. I think about the Native Americans where there are certain tribes where their entire history was in one person. The oldest person in the tribe had everything. And there's so much history that's more than likely lost because of smallpox, because of all of the yellow fever, all this stuff that came. And imagine you have the oldest person in the group, 60, 70, 80, whatever, they telling all the stories. They haven't trained anybody else to take the stories. And then the settlers came in, and then smallpox took them out. And that's the end of their story. For African Americans, we're very fortunate that we have people writing stuff. We have people putting things down. We have people actually pushing out our history. You can read the words of slaves to this day. You can read the words of people who were free back in those days. You can read the words of newspapers that were doing stories on lynching, doing stories on the Black Panthers, doing stories on Booker T. Washington versus W.E.B. Du Bois. You can read Marcus Garvey's newspapers. You can read all of this stuff. We have so much access to so much history. But with that being said, you go to school and you're learning about the Greeks. You're learning about the Romans. You're learning about the English monarchy. You're learning about the wars. All of this stuff from Europe and not getting anything about, you know, the Native Americans that were in Mesa Verde in the 1400s. You're not getting anything about the Aztecs, well, other than, you know, a little bit. You're getting some I mean, of the, they Mayan. you got yeah, the Mayans. They existed. Yeah, you're getting the Mayans and Inca, Incas. You're getting they a little existed. bit of it. But you're not getting the fact that people in your community, the mounds that are in your communities, were built by civilizations that were huge. In Mesa Verde, they had this canyon where they said at one point a million people lived in that canyon. And I was like, that's
0: crazy. I never knew that. You're like, a million people? Well, that's amazing. Got to hit this jack-in-the-box. You know what I'm saying? We about to here. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I got to go to the yeah. four corners so I can put my hands in all four states, baby. That's what I uh... need to do. Navajo Nation, shout out. So with that being said, I pose the question to you.
0: What does Black History Month mean to you? I get a little apprehensive at the idea of having a singular month. I feel like it should be more synonymous with America. It's like, okay, well, this is this component of American history. We're just going to put it over here during February, the shortest month. And then once it's over, we don't got to think about all that black shit no more. It's back to bed, bath and beyond. That's a challenging aspect for me, but to be able to Elevate those stories and elevate the history is always going to be invaluable. I wish it was Black History Month every single month because speaking of what our ideals were previously, then, you know, maybe some of those ideals would be. Carried forward with more expedited nature. If you started digging into those newspapers, if you just, if you could go to the African American History Museum and kind of reckon with those visuals of what it meant to be an enslaved people and to persevere past it despite all of the ostracization that happened during Reconstruction, during the civil rights era. And then it gets turned, you get, Credit in the mix, and you can't have access to credit, but then black families are doing a little too well. So sprinkle this little drug. Yeah. It's like lifting up the rug, and it's like, oh, there's some dirt under there. All right. March 1st, let's put that rug down. I'm glad that it exists, but I wish it was every month. I wish we took that sort of observation of our history in our everyday. I wish we honestly got different perspectives. of historical
1: moments. You know, one of my favorite documentaries was that festival documentary that Quest Love produced on Summer of Soul.
0: I still need to see that.
1: You haven't seen it yet? Yeah. Well, they were talking about the moon landing, Hmm. which is something that I never thought about. I never thought about the fact that, you know, no black people were involved in that other than, you know, the ladies who helped with NASA, of course, but they weren't able to be shot up there. They weren't the ones in the Corvettes. They weren't the people that were, poster boys of it you you didn't see anything black around that it was white american heroes Mm -hmm. on the moon
0: this is our
1: accomplishment exactly and during this festival in harlem one of the big events that was going on was the moon landing so they were interviewing these african-americans like so what do you think about the moon landing they was like we don't give a damn about what's going up there they ain't taking care of us down here like it was like so mind-blowing because in my head I, I bet you I've joked about that before. Like, oh, man, they ain't, you know, you see uh, Cedric the Entertainer talking about they ain't taking no black man to space kind of stuff. And it's funny. And we joke about that where it's like, oh, they ain't going to take us up there. But then I actually watch someone speak.
0: Was that his joke or was that Cat Williams? or <laughs> <laughs>
1: It could have been either or, right? But I sit down and I think about that. And I'm, I watch this interview and I see this African-American being like, I don't care. And then everyone they ask, is like, we don't care about that. They're not looking out for us. They don't care about us up here. And I'm also watching this documentary about this event that happened that year that that happened, that Woodstock happened, all this stuff happened, black event that happened in Harlem. And since no one was murdered, since there was no huge scandal, since there was no drama, it was just Aretha Franklin and James Brown and all these incredible performers coming out and showing their respective incredible performances. And it was history. It was incredible history. There's no big deal. We don't need to talk about that, you know? Mm. Let's talk about all this other stuff that's going on. Let's let's highlight all that stuff that's going on. It just blows my mind to see that there was another side to the equation that I never even was taught about. I never was taught about the minorities thinking, oh, it's ridiculous that they're going, spending all this money to go to the moon to beat Russia. Why are we in a race to the moon? Why don't we spend that money in the hood?
0: I'm on 157th and you know, okay. St. Nicholas. Like, I ain't worried about that. So yeah. think
1: about that. So that's one of the things I've always wished. I wish that I could get more. And now I'm educating myself and very fortunate that I'm able to, to read as much as I can and really push myself to learn more. But I wish in school I was given that opportunity that, okay, this is what was going on in America. During this president, this happened. And in the Latino community, people were still coming up from here. And mm. In the Asian community, they were coming up from here. And in the mm-hmm. black community, this is what was going on. I would have liked that image of the country instead of the bullshit. We knew Washington didn't chop down no cherry tree. Right. We knew that Honest Abe, that all that stuff was just myth. And he still was telling us. Right. Like, you need to know this. Why?
0: Why, Why do, do we I need know to know
1: this version of it? Why are we still calling Indians, Native Americans, Indians? Well, we know we didn't go to India. Why are we right. still calling them Or no, we Europe? knew that that was an error. Yes. There was an error And you're teaching judgment. us, hey, this was an error. But the American Indian is like, wait, 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 wait. Why are you still saying that then? If it was an error, we clearly know that he was trying to go somewhere else. Why are they the West Indies still when we know that's the Caribbean? Why are you doing this still? Why are you still adding this extra salsa on to something that has no business being sauced? I can go on and on, but you came from the South. Of course, you were in Atlanta when you were
0: younger. Mm-hmm.
1: I was born in Chicago. And uh, then okay, you, so did you do? Moved to Atlanta
0: when I was nine.
1: Okay, so you actually got elementary in in Chicago. The first like
0: month or two in the fourth grade, and then moved to Atlanta. How was your Black History Month experience between Chicago and Atlanta? Ooh, that's really murky. Okay. Honestly, can't tell you. I feel like since Atlanta is just in general a blacker city, it was probably more vibrant just off the strength of that. I went to A. Philip Randolph for like a handful of months when I first moved to Atlanta. That's black history in the name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, you got so much rich Southern history, whereas in Chicago, you mentioned it earlier, that's kind of the migration. So- It starts to get a little bit murky. I feel like in general, I'm more aware of the Southern history than I am of the Chicago Black history, if I'm going to compare the two. Obviously, I'm 34, just turned 34, and I was was like nine. It sounded like it didn't have that big imprint on you like you don't you might have got just the basics i feel like it had to be the basics because when i started to work at colonial williamsburg there was so much education that i had to do as it related to being enslaved member of the colonies at that time where i was just learning atrocity after atrocity and things that were a part of our history that I'd never encountered before. It's like you knew certain things and you maybe had seen Amistad or some of these films or been to a couple of museums, but I don't feel like I was educated properly on Black history in school. Like I said, my parents are very much proponents of Black history. I'm trying to think, did we even take a field trip to like the King Center? I know I went to the King Center, but was that at school or was that, you know, an extracurricular that my parents took me to? You know what I mean? I don't, I honestly want to say it was the latter. I mm. mean,
1: when you say your parents, because this is the thing that I've kind of illustrated. For me, I was very fortunate to grow up, and my great grandparents were in my life. So I got a lot of wisdom from them, I got a lot of stories from them. And then my uncles, years later, as I remember, they dedicated a monument to Ralph David Abernathy in Oakland. And my uncle Ronald lives out in Oakland. He's a retired police officer out there. And he was the family representative, which taught me that I'm related to Ralph David Abernathy. I didn't even think about that. Of course, I grew up in the family and my great grandfather's name was William Abernathy. And my grandmother's name was originally, originally my name was supposed to be Abernathy. My grandma was Janet Abernathy, got married to this man named Elvis Thomas. And he wrote his name in on my mother and my Uncle Timmy's birth certificates illegally. He wasn't their father, but he just wrote his name in Wow! because my grandfather didn't write his name in. Gary was a winner. So they changed their last names to Thomas. So Hmm. I should have been Dominique Lamar Abernathy. And I never put that together as a kid. I didn't learn much about Ralph David Abernathy in college or in elementary or in middle school and high school barely heard about him. I knew that he marched with King, but that was it. And then, my own was like, oh, that's your family. Wow. <laughs> family has been the key component for my black history and then also my own studies. hmm Absolutely. How how do you feel your family really, did they press it on you? Did they let you know how important it was? Like, what was the, the move?
0: Both of my parents went to HBCUs. Mm. My dad is an Omega. My mom is an AKA. Mm. So, I don't even know if I really thought about it as a kid, but as I'm just aging, I just think about how pro-black it was in the home and yeah. just how my family is too, is say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, just embracing our history. And it's unmatched living it versus trying to read it in a textbook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you could get all these flyby anecdotes just in a dinner, moving to the car, going to the grocery store, all of this rich kind of perspective and you know my dad is from mississippi so he grew up in the mississippi delta so every time i visited my grandparents i'm passing like acres and acres of cotton fields like it's getting real just (laughs) driving to my grandparents (laughs) not to always lead with the dark but i think you have to know that darkness in order to look toward a brighter future, whatever sort of platitude, I don't want it to be a platitude because I always want to carry optimism with me, but you got to know that side. And I, I also appreciate the Summer of Souls for uplifting the joy. there was a lot of black joy in my house and everything from my childhood I think about as it related to getting the families together was always black joy and celebration, being in celebration of being black and from the South. The race divide and struggles still persist to this day in a way. That is it's still difficult to navigate. Very, very enriching upbringing with my two parents. Even to this day, they'll go on these kind of weekend trips together and they're like, oh, we're just going up to Tennessee and we, we went to, you know, the Rain Motel yeah. on our two-day trip and they stay kind of going on that kind of journey themselves. So if that's who they are and that's what they're from, that's what I'm from and that's what I've known then I'm obviously going to stay on that path. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my parents were much better black historians than the public system (laughs) in America. (laughs) I heard it here first. Something that
1: I've been kind of quoting in my head to myself, and I'm not sure if I heard this somewhere or if it's just me, Thinking of it, hopefully someone will hear this and be like, no, that's, you heard this here, or, or maybe I did think of it, but kind of know the past so that you won't be surprised by the future. Mm. I think that's so important for African-Americans because right now, I, I live in Cowetta County, and I remember my first impression of Noonan, the city that is the biggest city in Coweta was— and About Noonan. Yeah. I went downtown— because there was a record store down there. I wanted to get some new vinyl. And I noticed this old kind of beautiful courthouse, clock tower building in the middle of the square. And all around it, a Confederate monuments, Mm -hmm. Confederate monuments all around it. Some dirt went out here. And that was my first impression of it. So, of course, it left a weird taste in my mouth. But then, of course, years go by. I'm living here, enjoying it, thinking, "Oh, it's nicer this and that." Let me do some more history. And one of the worst lynchings ever happened in Noonan, in Caldwell County. And I'm I did my research thing. on that lynching. And like I said, you just got to know the past so you won't be surprised by the future. I'm not saying someone's going to lynch me or going to lynch someone I know or the black people or should be scared. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying what they did to that man in the place that I live at now was horrible. And whenever someone tries to bring up the idea that America's is not race, racist or America, we are... In, a great place so we've never done anything horrible this and that you always got to remember your history because if you allow these people to try to convince you that black people are complaining about nothing or that our culture doesn't really do anything bad or the slaves actually were happy and they weren't treated that bad or all of this bullshit that you and all their
0: on. all that they learned while they were on the fields was enrichment oh. for their future oh man like, that's I, the new
1: narrative if you hear that and you believe it They're doing exactly what they want to do. They're convincing you that it isn't as bad as you think it is. But the lynching that happened in my town, this is just for the people listening who's going to hear this. I want to go ahead and give you an image to leave on. This is a horrible image. Here you go. This man was beaten, and they cut limbs off of him, fingers, genitals. They peeled his face off. And from the moment that they started to beat him to the moment that they lit him on fire was 30 minutes. And the people were celebrating, excited, pumped about it. And it wasn't just grown men. It was children helping. Journalists were there watching the people, talking about how great it was on their faces, how excited they were, how happy they were. Then they cut his heart out, cut his liver out. And they sold his fingers, sold his heart, his liver, and all these body parts that were burnt to a crisp as merchandise for people who didn't get to go to the lynching. W.E.B. Du Bois was going to talk to somebody that the Atlanta Constitution newspaper, he was going to talk to somebody. And instead of like riding to the place he decided to walk, and the story goes, he saw at this newsstand or this table with this merchandise stand, somebody was selling one of his knuckles from the lynching. And he said, he left, didn't go do the article, left Atlanta, didn't talk about it. He was done. He was like, that's all I need to see. These people thought, no matter what the dude did, I don't even need, I'm not going to tell you who, You look it up yourself, Calweta County lynching. But the idea. That no matter what he did You think that that's okay You really got to think about Who you are as a person I want to thank you for listening to the Black Man Talking Emotions podcast The opening quote credit goes to W.E.B. Du Bois And shout out to Jay Boogie for being on the pod You can follow John at J-O-N-B-U-T-T-S-I-S-H-E-R-E on Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, and give us a good rating, five stars, please. And thank you. You can support the show by clicking the link at the bottom of the episode description. Also, tell me your plans for this coming year. We should collab. Follow me at D-O-M-L underscore A-M-O-U-R on Instagram or at domlamore.com. I'm Dom Lemore. Much love.